Hey guys, this is Sean Harlan here, one of the lead podcast hosts of the Sandberg's SSLT. Thank you so much for tuning in. We here at Sandberg's Student Service Leadership Team strive to help students plan for life after high school, and we hope that this podcast can be a tool for evaluating your post-secondary options and opportunities. We hope you enjoy. Hey everybody, it's uh, Sean Harlan here with the SSLT, and I'm here with... Thais Kolganov, and we're here with Providence College Representative... Megan O'Rourke. All right, thank you so much. So to start off, would you like to explain the role you play in the Providence College community? Sure. So I've been at Providence just a few months, actually. I am our associate dean and coordinator for Midwest Recruitment, which is essentially the person tasked with recruiting students from the Midwest. And so I live locally. I live in Oak Park and work with students in Illinois, Indiana, Missouri, Wisconsin. What makes Providence College stand out from other universities? So Providence College, we call it PC. PC is a, is a liberal arts school in Providence, Rhode Island. Rhode Island is the smallest state in the country, so automatically that's kind of an interesting interesting fun fact that our students enjoy. But it's, it's a Catholic and Dominican school. It's the only school in the country run by Dominican friars. And so I think students are intrigued by this idea of kind of a small to mid-sized school on the East Coast, has some kind of the attributes of things that they're looking for, but it also has Division One athletics. And so students get best of both worlds. They get smaller class sizes, lots of major choices, lots of student organization opportunities, but Division One sports in the Big East and the capital city of Rhode Island, which also has a lot to offer. All right. And then what would you say the differences are between a private college like Providence and a public college? I think... When you speak in general terms, private schools tend to be a little bit smaller. Obviously, there's some pretty major exceptions, one being in our own in our own state of DePaul, right? But I think private schools, when you speak to them generally, tend, the populations tend to be a little bit smaller and the funding is different. State schools or public schools are, are receive money from taxpayers, which is why when you look at one of our lovely brochures, you see an in-state versus an out-of-state cost. At a private school, we don't get that same level of funding. So everybody's kind of paying the same rate, but that means there's, generally speaking, more flexibility when it comes to opportunities for scholarships, different kinds of scholarships, and the ways in which we admit students. Public schools tend to be pretty cut and dry in the ways in which they have to process with the admission decisions that they make, whereas private schools have a little bit more flexibility to kind of shape the class in in the ways in which they decide, you know, whatever is most important. Transitioning to admissions and aid, what are some of the distinct features you look for in a student's application? It's a great question. So PC is a school um, that is test optional. So you might have heard that already from some of your other interviews that you've done. Test optional for those not familiar or are just tuning in for the first time means that we don't require an ACT or an SAT score for admission consideration. The big thing that PC looks at is your academic record because for us that's day in and day out work over the course of three years. It's really that consistency that shows us and and kind of is the way in which we can predict your success in college. So that's really what we're considering first and foremost, is how you've done in your classes, what kinds of classes you've decided to take at the type of high school you attend. But I think in addition to that, we also want to see what you do outside of class. This is a perfect example. What are your passions? What are you excited about? Those kinds of students that have things on their list get to our campus and other campuses excited to dive right in and take advantage of what 
PC has to offer. So I think those those two things really give us a good indicator. The other way that, that or the other thing I guess that we look at and the other way in which you can kind of provide us additional detail, detail excuse me, would be through your college essay. And then finally, letters of recommendation. So letters of recommendation from counselors and teachers give us an understanding of who you are and how you've grown over the course of time that you've been in high school. And I think that can help us understand the kind of student that you'll be when you get to our campuses. Mm -hmm. So in the application process, do incoming students apply to specific colleges or to the university as a whole? It's a great question because everybody does it differently, right? You probably have gotten however many different answers for the schools that you've interviewed. For us, we are looking at your application to PC for admission as a whole. It's not specific to a major or not. We actually have a decent percentage of students that come in undecided or undeclared is what we call it. And so for us, it's not as important that you've picked a major, but that you like the idea of attending PC. So you're either admissible or not to Providence College. What percent of students receive financial aid from Providence College? So that can be a tricky question. So financial aid and scholarships together, all together as a whole, is about 71%. Um, If you just separate out financial aid, we do consider students for scholarships and financial aid, but I think the difference for us is that financial aid makes up about 65% of students on campus. Um, What percent of demonstrated need do you meet on average in your need-based aid? Providence College... um, in whatever year they created our strategic plan, actually set a goal to meet 90% of a student's need um, with the intent of meeting that goal by the time the strategic plan wraps up. Right now, we're at about 88%. And I think, while not ideal, that's definitely something that we're working towards and something that I'm excited to see that that number continues to grow. Do you have any merit-based scholarships? We do. So when you apply for admission, to Providence, we are reviewing you for both admission and scholarships. We have academic merit scholarships that that students are automatically considered for, and you don't have to do anything extra. So we want to take that barrier away from students as as we know that the process is overcomplicated, right? Everybody has a different way in which you apply to school and you apply for scholarships and you apply for aid. So for us, it's simply applying to Providence has you considered for those academic merit scholarships. And is the admission process need blind? It is, but we're actually having conversations about potentially updating it, updating our process to be need aware. I think college affordability is such a huge issue, not just for PC, but across the board, across the country. And we're trying to make sure that we are responsible in the ways in which we work with students so that there aren't students out there taking on too much debt to kind of afford their dreams. But also that's why that 90% becomes so important is that you're really working towards trying to make PC as affordable as we can. Um, More on the academics. What does it mean that Providence College is a liberal arts college? So PC being a liberal arts school, I get this question a lot because I think students maybe understand the concept of it, but don't understand why it's important. And this is how I explain it to students. When you're in high school, you're taking classes that you like and classes that you don't in a variety of subject areas. What I don't think students always connect, though, is how those classes kind of build skills that you're going to need when you get to college and that you're going to need when you get to professional life, whenever that's going to be. Maybe you go to grad school, whatever. So I think for us, having an understanding of trying to provide students information about why these things are important is 
how we kind of work with students to figure out, is liberal arts what I want? So when you get to a school like Providence, which is a liberal arts school, we, we will have you take classes in um, humanities and social sciences and fine arts in addition to kind of the larger part of our core curriculum, which is called the development of Western civilization. So it's team taught classes. You might have an English professor and history professor teaching a class together with the intent that you are continuing to hone your skills in critical thinking, in problem solving, in analyzing, whether it's data or a subject matter, you know, you're reading something and then having to write about that in in an analytical way. Group projects don't go away as adults. We just get paid, which makes it an upgrade from a grade, right? And I think for us, the the understanding that those skills transcend being an accountant, being a teacher, being a social worker. Statistically speaking, you guys will change careers at some point in your professional life. So we want you to have skills that transcend whatever specific area, or you're going to get a job that doesn't exist yet. So giving you the opportunity to take classes, to hone those skills, to build those skills so that you're successful no matter what, that is really important to us. And that's what I would say a liberal arts school is trying to do, is build those classes in with the intent of having you be successful regardless of whatever you end up doing. Mm. And then what would you say your most popular majors are? So PC is known for business our business programs, psychology, biology, those are probably the big ones, education, health policy, and management. What's interesting to me, though, is that we have a pretty extensive studio art and fine art program, but they're not necessarily like the things that we're known for. So if there's students that are interested in like ceramics and printmaking, these are very like specialized majors within studio arts. Those are things that we do a great job with, but not necessarily things we're known for. Can students double major? Oh, yeah, totally. I think... At a school like PC, at a liberal arts school, we want students to be able to do all of the things that they want to accomplish. So whether that's a double major, it's a major and a minor, it's studying abroad, all of those things can be accomplished in a four-year program and a four-year degree track. And the graduation, the four-year graduation rate is 83%. So clearly we're helping students kind of navigate how to accomplish all of those things, including double majoring while they're with us. All right. Is studying abroad an option? And if so, what are your most popular programs? Studying abroad is an option. There's over 300 programs to choose from, and more than half of the students at PC end up studying abroad. We make it as easy as we can, and I think that's why so many students end up going. Program-wise, we have some specific programs. So there's a program that you can do called Civ in London. That's an option. There's a program in Shanghai. Um... Italy, but then there's programs all over. And I think because you have this pretty extensive list, you then have lots of ways in which you can accomplish studying a language if that's going to be an important part to you. Or maybe you want to go to Ireland because that's where your family's from. We have opportunities and ways in which students can pick programs that match up or align with what their future career goals are or academic goals are, whatever those are going to be. To what extent are internships incorporated into a major's fulfillment requirements? That's a great question. So for us, I think internships are an integral part. Well, let me say this. Experiential learning is an integral part to the process and the ways in which students kind of complete their time at PC. 
not everybody's going to get a job at, um, after graduation. Some of our students end up going to grad school or professional school, med school, dental school, that kind of thing. And then there's a small percentage of students, but pretty consistently, that end up going to do Peace Corps, Teach for America, AmeriCorps. And so we want students to have related experience, whether that's research or an internship or a field experience, whatever we're going to call it, so that they really have the capacity to understand, okay, I learned this thing in class, and then now here's this thing, here's the way in which this operates in real life, so that you can see the connections and understand that things don't always go exactly perfectly the way that you've learned in a classroom setting. So I think for us, we encourage students basically from freshman year on through advising and other programs offered by different offices on campus to incorporate these things throughout their time with the understanding that a majority of and most of our students do complete some sort of related experience. So to transition to student life, what percent of students are involved in clubs and student-run organizations? Most of them. So students at PC are pretty involved. And I I'm sure that lots of schools say that, but I really do believe we have students live on campus for three years. And I think because of that, the campus community is pretty strong. Intramurals are really popular at PC just because that's like a fun way to play a sport that maybe you played in high school or have never played before at all. But in addition to that, I think then students have cool opportunities to join different student organizations. Service is also really big as a, as a Catholic school. That's definitely a part of campus life, campus ministry. So you have ways in which you can get involved and because you're on campus for those three years, you're connected back to campus and those student organizations longer. So getting to a meeting, getting to an event, it's all very easy to do. And I think that's why we have such a high level of involvement. What are some of the most prominent sports on campus? So PC is definitely known for basketball and hockey. We're a Division I school where we compete in the Big East against some of our local rivals. And... In addition to that, I would say the kind of next level of, of sports that are also um, maybe more popular, more well-known, we have a women's field hockey team and then soccer and lacrosse. But hockey and basketball, men's basketball, that's where it's at. Mm -hmm. How do Providence College students interact with other students from other schools in the greater Providence, Rhode Island area? You know, it's funny that you ask that because I don't think people connect how many schools are actually in Providence. Rhode Island is the smallest state in the country, but there are a lot of schools in Rhode Island and in Providence specifically. So our campus is about five minutes from downtown Providence. It's probably about 10 or so minutes away from Brown University. Maybe you've heard of it. <laughs> um, and then there's RISD, so the Art and Design School. Johnson & Wales is also in Providence. And so Campus-wise, I would say that there are probably opportunities and ways in which students interact, but on a day-to-day -day basis, the campuses aren't necessarily like close by. So the interactions and ways in which you might interact with schools in this community, it's not the same as it would be in college. So, But they probably do like fun places to go eat and shop and go to an art gallery and do all of that stuff. That's probably the ways in which they're encountering one another. Provided that the majority of students at Providence College come from the Northeast, how do students from the Midwest adapt to life in New England? I get this question a lot, and I think it's just because a lot of students maybe have never been to Rhode Island or even East Coast anywhere, and so the concept is, is maybe a little bit more unknown to them. Nothing to worry about. The, I met with a student earlier today who was asking, like, what the what's the weather like? Because in his mind, I think he thought there was going to be a huge temperature difference, that that 
Chicago was going to be a lot warmer maybe than, than Rhode Island or Providence specifically, it's actually about 10 degrees warmer today in Providence than it is in Chicago. So temperature wise, totally the same. Bring your winter coats, you'll be fine. I think the ways in which it maybe can differ or the ways in which students are going to think it's different, um, there's obviously students out there and people out there that, that I encounter that make assumptions about East Coast people. They're not as friendly. They talk really fast. They move really fast, whatever. You know, I get all of those things. Providence is, it has some of those traits and characteristics, but it's not, it's not like that. And I think students get out to Providence and they see campus and they're pleasantly surprised at the pace in which life exists. It's close to the ocean. It's close to Cape Cod. You know, it's not a beach town because it's about 30 minutes from the ocean, but it, there's that kind of level of Providence seems different than like a Boston or a New York City in a good way, in a positive way. And I think students find it a lot more approachable than they were initially expecting before they came to visit. So I think generally speaking, our students are excited about the prospect of having more Midwestern students, West Coast students come to campus because I think they understand that diversifying the student population allows for um, students to have more opportunities to experience different things. Mm -hmm. And then is there one last thing you'd like to say to any prospective student considering Providence College? Come visit. And I would say this regardless of, of PC or not. I think visits are so important when we talk about the college process. My job and, and college reps, our jobs are to give you information and provide you ways in which to get excited about our schools. I think your job in turn becomes going to visit, going to check everything out, talk to faculty, talk to students, go eat in the cafeteria, do all of these things that allow you to better understand the school because brochures and websites can only tell you so much information. And by visiting the school, you can actually see, is this the right place for me? I feel like I have done my job when you would say, I'm going home and you mean you're coming back to Providence because you feel so comfortable that that has become home. I have, I feel like, yep, that's it. Like I've done my job then if, if that's how you feel. And I think the ways in which you do that are by visiting because what students will find is there are differences between what it looks like in a brochure or on a website versus what it's like in, in real life. And you can discern what's important to me, what's, what are deal breakers and how can I navigate making sure that the school is the right fit. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us today. And thanks so much for having me. You guys are wonderful. Appreciate it. Hey guys, I'm Ahmed Mahdi, the Chief of Staff of the SSLT. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you could please take a moment to fill out our survey on our website to let us know how we're doing, we would greatly appreciate it.